So we've been talking about this idea of advance for a while. We've been thinking about it even longer. And really since we, we first launched the idea of advance and kind of floated it out there for our team, it, it began to be uh, very clear we're leading to a moment. We're leading to a specific moment. And this is that moment. And we're, we're so excited about where the Lord is leading us and how he's taking us. And um, the word advance, one of the things we've kind of try to make really clear is that one of the main meanings of that word, main, main definition of the word is to move forward with purpose. And so what we said is like, that's, that's who our God is. That's what he's doing. He's, he's always on the move. He's advancing his kingdom. He's advancing his mission. But there's another definition of the word advance that simply means to grow, to advance, to grow. And so I hope that you've You've grown in this series. I hope that we as a people have grown together. We've seen what the Bible and what Jesus says about finances and how that's a discipleship issue. It really is a spiritual issue. And like, like Nathan was talking about when he shared, such a great reminder that sometimes God wants to stretch us. Like he's, he wants all of us to grow. That's, part of, that's what it means to follow Jesus is we're all growing. We're becoming more like Jesus, one degree of glory after another. Day by day, we're becoming more like him as we look to him. And so we're growing together. We're moving forward together. And sometimes it, it stretches us. And sometimes it really stretches us in big, big ways. And that's the season. And so I hope, our prayer is that we are still on this journey together and we're growing together, that we're moving forward together. And so as we, as we kind of get to the end of that, uh, I wanted us to look at the story in Exodus chapter 3. It's, one, it's, it's a great story. It's probably a story you're familiar with. We kind of parachuted into the text, and so the, we kind of lose the context. So I want to back up a little bit and give you some of the context. Right before verse 7, God shows up in the burning bush. And so this is the story of God's encounter with Moses through the burning bush. And so Moses is a fugitive of justice. He's been hiding out in Egypt because he, he killed him outside of Egypt because he killed a man in Egypt. And then word got around, and so he had, to, he had to run and flee. And he's out in the wilderness. He's become a shepherd, tending his father-in-law's sheep. And he's, he's on the run. He's, he's hiding out. He's a fugitive. And one day as he's, as he's doing his work out in the wilderness, he sees a bush, and it's burning, but it's not burning up. It's not being consumed. And he says, that's really odd. So he moves towards the bush to see what it is. And God speaks to him from the bush, this burning bush experience. God speaks to Moses. God meets with Moses. And so as we start looking at the conversation is what God says, I wanted you to see that context because I want us to learn and, and really kind of start with one main idea that, that it covers all the things that we've talked about in this advanced series, all the summits, all the meetings, all the retreats, everything. This idea covers it, and you see it really clear in this passage, and here it is. God is advancing his mission. No matter what we've said, no matter what we've talked about, no matter what we we're asking you to do, that truth covers all of it. This is God's mission. He's advancing his mission. We, we as his people, we don't advance his kingdom. We don't advance his mission. We join God as he's advancing his mission. He gives us a part to play, and we'll look at that in a second, but I want you to I don't want you to miss that. God is the one who's on mission. God is the one moving us forward. God, he's advancing his mission. And what you see in the story is that he comes and he says, hey, I know what's going on in Israel. 
in Egypt. I know with, my, my, with the Israelite people, I know what's going on. Verse 7, what does he say? Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. I'm going to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, Termites, whatever. They're all in there. He's, he's, he's announcing that he's about to do his work. He shows up and he's like, it's time for me to move. I'm going, I've got a mission. I'm going to advance my people. And I want you to, if you stop and think about even more the context, the people of Israel have been in Egypt for 400 years. 400 years. Most of that 400 years in slaves, being oppressed, being persecuted, being treated unfairly for 400 years, crying out, we need help, God. Please rescue us. Please deliver us. And now, 400 years later, God shows up to Moses and says, I, I, I've heard my people. I know what's going on, and I've come to deliver them. And, and so in all the advanced stuff that we've passed out, the guidebooks, and everything that we've put out there with advance, it, it has a tagline under it. It says, God's direction, God's timing. And I want you to know, it's not just because we needed the tagline. Like that, God's direction, God's timing is what we're trusting. God shows up 400 years after they've been enslaved, 400 years of them needing to be rescued, and he says, hey, I've got a direction for my people. I'm moving them in a certain direction. I'm going to move them from here to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The direction is clear, and my timing is now. And it may have felt like for a long time that he was silent or that he had had forgotten about them or turned his back on them or whatever, but he's like, no, I've heard, I've seen, I know what's going on, and now's the right time. And what what we believe is that God has put a direction for us for the next season and it's his timing for us and we are trusting that. So much so, and I want you to hear this, so much so that if we sense at any point in this thing that God's direction changes, we want to be in step with that. We want, to, we want to listen and be in step with him. This is not us moving up in front. This is God advancing his mission and us following him. So if the direction changes, we want to change. If the timing changes, we want to be in step with that. We, I hope that you're praying for us as leaders that we'll be in step with the spirit as he's leading us because that's what we want. It's not us. It's not our idea. It's him moving, him advancing his mission. And so we're, we're trusting him with that. And so he says to Moses, I, I know what's going on. I've got a direction. I've got timing. It's, it's now I'm going to rescue my people. Now, <laughs> let me back up just a, a second. I'm not trying to say that their situation is like our situation. That's not what we're learning today. Like, oh, those poor Israelites that were enslaved in Egypt, our situation's so similar. Look at our suffering. I'm, I'm not trying to even imply that God has heard the cries of our set-up team. And the anguish of that team and all the setting up of chairs and the setting up of the children's ministry every single week that they, he's heard their cries and he knows their suffering and he's coming, coming to answer that. First of all, our setup team doesn't cry. They, doesn't, they don't whine. Like, that, that's not the same situation. They're just faithfully doing that week in and week out. And we've been some of them for a long, long time. I don't think he's saying, I know the suffering of my people that when the youth have to gather in this space that's not too big for them, that every now and then somebody gets hit in the head with a basketball during knockout. And I know the pain and I know the suffering. I I don't think God, this is not the same situation. We're not suffering. God has been so faithful to us. He has provided for everything. Like just what Nathan said, he's provided every turn for us. He is always faithful and he's so faithful. And we have all kinds of stories of that. But we know he has has a mission. We know he has a 
kingdom that he's advancing. We know there are needs in this community. We know there's needs in this region. We know there's needs all over the world. He wants to use his people to meet those needs. He's got a mission, a plan. He's got a direction, a timing, and we're just trying to stay in step with that. That's, that's our hope. That's our goal. So let, let's stay in step with what God is doing because God is advancing his mission. And we've said from the very beginning, it's not just about a, a, a facilities that we can call our own, that we can, we can put chairs in there and then bolt them to the ground. Like, it's not just about that, but that's a big part of this. There's ministry and all these things, but that's a big part of this next season for us. We bought land feeling like God provided that opportunity for us. And then we're, we're making plans to build that facility. All those things are part of this. And so as we go into that part of this thing as that stage of this next season I want I want you to remember this Psalm 127 verse 1 unless the Lord builds the house those who build it labor in vain unless the Lord watches over the city the watchman stays awake in vain God's direction God's timing God's mission God's kingdom he's on the move he's advancing this is his work if he's not building this we would be wasting our time. So we, we're trusting that it's his plan and his purpose and his next season for us, and we just want to stay in step with that. So God is advancing his mission. That's super important that we're all on the same page on that. But here's the next part, and it's really, really cool. God chooses to use his people to advance his mission. This is the way he works. God chooses to include us in what he's doing. His mission, his kingdom, his advance, his purpose, all these things. And he's like, I'm going to use my people and give them an opportunity to play a role in this. And so he's, he's choosing Moses. And, and what God does on, on, on the, the Bible is God revealing himself to us and who he is and what he's done so we can respond to him. But, but what we see over and over again in the pages of scripture is God choosing to use his people to accomplish his purposes. He gives them a role to play. And almost every time, it's people that are pretty unlikely for that role. I mean, guys, unless you don't know, Moses was not the person that you and I would have picked for this job. He's, he's a wanted man. Moses, you're going to go back and talk to Pharaoh. Oh, you're hiding from Pharaoh. Like, this is not the guy you would pick. God chooses to use unlikely people to accomplish his purpose because then he works through that and he gets the glory and we get to the joy of joining him. Like, it's all about what God is doing. And so he takes people, all, this, all the stories in Scripture, the, the, the early disciples, they were unschooled, ordinary men. They had no training. They had no education. They were just normal guys that had been with Jesus and had followed Jesus. And so God was working through them. God loves to use his people, unlikely as we might feel, to advance his mission. So God says, here's what I'm about to do. Moses, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it through you. I've chosen to use you to do this, Moses. And, and this conversation begins to develop here. God's speaking to Moses and Moses responding. And I, I want you to see the conversation. In fact, I, I wrote it out, put it on the screen so you could kind of see this, my version of this conversation. God says to Moses, hey, Moses, I'm sending you to lead my people out of Egypt. And Moses' response is kind of like our response would be. He's like, who am I to do something like that? I, why would you pick me, God? What do I have to offer to this? Moses, I'm going to use you to lead my people out of Egypt. Who am I? And I put a blank there because I think that in my mind, I'm imagining just a moment of silence where God was like, that's, 
That's not exactly the right question. Because it's even interesting in the text because he says, who am I? And the, the next phrase that comes out of God's mouth is, but I will be with you. So I like to think that there's a moment where Moses asks the question, who am I to do this? And God's like, mm, but, but I'll be with you. And, and I put the blank on the screen because I wanted you to, I think what God doesn't say communicates just as much as what he says. Because he doesn't say this. Moses, what are you talking about? You got this. Moses, look at your resume. Look at all the gifts and talents and abilities. Look at how great of a leader you are. God, Moses, I've been waiting for you to show up. Why has it taken 400 years? Because you finally got here, and I need you so bad to go lead the people out. You're such a great leader. No, he doesn't answer Moses' question like that. He doesn't pump Moses up. Hey, you got this, Moses. You're the greatest. You have all these gifts. No, he silence in my mind. I'll be with you. you, you it doesn't matter who you are and what you bring to the table or what you don't bring to the table. What matters is, is God with us? Is God's presence and power going to fuel this whole thing because he's leading the way, we're joining in with him, and he's doing it, and that's what he's trying to communicate to Moses. Moses, it doesn't matter what you have to offer. I'm going to be with you. It's, it's, not, the right, it's not the right question. Who am I? Why would you pick me? We don't have anything to offer like that. And maybe that's where you are right now. Maybe you're looking at this whole project and this whole thing and this whole advanced thing we put in front of you and you're like, oh, who am I to do this? What do I really have to offer in this whole deal? Uh, Scott was talking about the, the, the cards and all the, all the things like, you know, we had a goal. We, we kind of broke it down based on what we you know, feel like our people might be able to do but it's just kind of like throwing some stuff down there to give us a guide I think it's helpful and I love Scott saying I first ask what what I'm comfortable with and some of you may not be comfortable with any of this some of you may have looked down at the bottom and like whoop let me go back up real fast and if you go up and you look at those numbers and you're like I don't I don't know about I don't know like if, if I do that is that is that really going to help is that going to be I mean who am I to be a part of this What's God going to do with this? If I can only do this, will it even make a difference? I mean, the whole goal is like eight million, and then, you know, who am I? And God says, I'll be with you. I'll do with whatever you give more than you can even imagine. It reminded me of the story of a, of a, of a boy who could have said that. He could have said, Well, who am I? What do I have to give? All I have is these five loaves of bread and these two fish. What will, what will possibly he do with this if I give him that? I mean, there's 5,000 plus people here. But this little boy said, yeah, you can use this. You can use my sack lunch. You can use my picnic basket. And Jesus took that and fed 5,000 people at minimum, at least 5,000 people with that. So the question is not who am I. The question is, is God with us? And he promises to be with us. He promises that he's with every single one of us, that he will never leave us, never forsake us, and so we can trust him with that. And so God chooses to use his people to advance his mission. That's what he does. And this conversation continues. The rest of chapter 3 and chapter 4 is Moses trying to figure out why God chose him and why God wants him to do this and what he's supposed to do. Like Moses is trying to figure this out. And he asked the question, like, who am I? And God's like, well, no, I'll be with you. That's, that's enough. That's more than enough that I'll be with you. And Moses says, well, who, who am I supposed to tell him is with me? Who are you? 
And I go to them and I say, they go, well, who sent you? Like, what am I going to tell them? And he says, tell them that the I am has sent you. Which God is introducing himself to Moses as the eternal creator God. I am that I am. Always was, always will be. I'm the creator. I'm the one true and living God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am that God. Tell them that. And Moses says, well, how, how, will, I, how will they know? Like how, how, will, how will they understand? And what if they don't believe that you're the one that's sending me? If I tell them that I am, so I'd be in there like, yeah, right. How, how will I prove that? And then God starts giving him some signs. I mean, God, God shows him how he's going to be with him. He says, Moses, take your shepherd's staff and throw it on the ground. He throws it on the ground. And y'all remember, it turns into a snake. And then Moses did what every single one of us should have done. He runs away from the snake. And then God tells him, hey, go pick up the snake. And Moses said some things that aren't recorded in the book of Exodus for us there. I'm sure he said some different words there. But he reaches down and he picks up the snake and it turns back into the staff because God is showing him, look, I'm with you. My power is going to do this. It's not you, it's me. I'm at work here. And after Moses sees that, which, I mean, everything that's happening, it should have been like pretty convincing at that point. He looks at God and he says, you know what? I don't know if you know this, God, but I'm not good at speaking in front of people. That is not my deal. You want me to go talk to Pharaoh? I'm not good at that. You want me to talk and speak before the people of Israel? I'm not a good public speaker. And God looks at him and says, who made your mouth? What are you talking about? I created everything. I invented, created speech. I spoke the world into existence. Moses, I will give you what you need to say. I'm going to be with you. Remember? And Moses hears all that, sees all that, and he says, I think you got the wrong guy. Take somebody else. And the whole conversation, God is so patient in my mind. He's answering his questions, pointing him to the truth. It doesn't matter who you are. I'm going to do this. I've got the power. It's my work. And at that moment when Moses says, no, get somebody else, God, please take somebody else, it says God was angry at Moses in that moment. Because what Moses was doing there is he was not willing to step out in faith. He's not willing to trust God in that moment. He's like, no, please take somebody else. That was the moment that made God angry. All of his questions he just answered, but that's the moment that displeased God. And I mean, in all this whole thing, I hope that you've been praying and talking and thinking through what God is leading you to do. And I, whatever it is, I hope, I hope all the things, that it stretches you, it grows you, and all, like, you're just being obedient. But man, I sure don't want you to miss out on this. One of our goals has been 100% participation in this. Whatever that looks like, every single one of our people does something because we don't want you to look at this and go, yeah, you You probably need somebody else to do that. No, God wants to use you, me, us to accomplish what only God can accomplish. That's what he does. So God chooses to use his people to advance his mission. And then this is the most interesting part of the story to me. And and there's so much here, but this really always stands out to me. Because in verse 12... God answers and says, but I'll be with you. That's all you really need. But then he says, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. And I want you to, 
You understand what he's saying? He's saying, I know you need some encouragement. I know you need some confidence, so I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to give you something where you'll know I'm the one who called you to this, and I'm the one who's sending you to this, and I'm the one who's doing this. I'm going to give you a very clear sign, Moses, so there will be no doubt that I'm doing this. Here's the sign. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God or worship God here on this mountain. That's not the sign that I was wanting. You, you understand what he just said? Let me, let me break it down for you. He said, Moses, you'll know it was me when it works. And that's not the sign I like. I want a better sign than that. If I'm just being really honest with you. I, I, if I'm going to step out in faith, I want to know what the next step's going to look like. If I'm going to give more than I'm giving, I want to know where God's going to provide. I want the answers before I move. If I move in this direction and I'm being obedient, I want to know that it's all going to work out just fine. And that's not, the, that's not the promise God gives us most of the time. He's saying, no, I want you to walk by faith and not by sight. I want you to step out in obedience. And here's how you'll know that this is all me. When you lead the people out, you confront Pharaoh and you lead the people out, you'll come back to this exact same spot right here on this mountain and you and all of Israel, you'll worship me here. And in that moment, Moses, you will look at each other and you'll look around and you'll go, God did it. He really, really did it. And it'll be this confirmation, this, this overwhelming confirmation of God's provision and his faithfulness and his power and his presence and all of it. And that moment will come when you step out on faith and you trust that I'm going to do it. I'll, I'll bring you to this mountain and I'll tell you, yep, it was me. And I just wonder if there's going to be some of that for us. I, 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 I'm convinced there's going to be some of that for us. This, this moment where we're going to go, he really did it. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be able to celebrate and report whatever we do in response today. Whatever commitment we make as a people, we're going to celebrate and we're going to go, look at what God did. He did this. You fast forward maybe a year and a half or whatever it's going to be to actually build this facility and move in that facility. And there's going to be a moment when we're all gathering in there, maybe for the first time, and we're all worshiping and we're learning from God's word. And we all kind of look around and we go, he did it. He really did it. I don't know. I don't know how. He used us and he did this amazing thing. Like that's, that's what this is all pointing towards. And there's going to be those moments. And it's, guys, it's not just about the facility, but that facility being a base where we'll do more ministry and have a bigger impact in the community and send more people to the mission field and support more missionaries and plant churches and all these things. And in every one of those times, we're going to look at each other and go, this is what God did. Can you believe it? He did it. Man, I, I, I want all of us to have that moment together. I don't want any of you to miss out on that. That's why we're asking you to just join in, be a part of this in some way. There, there's going to be, in that moment, there's going to be some looking back too. There's going to be some really like fond memories. We're going to remember man, all those times we had to set up all those chairs all the time and how, man, that was hard and we had to get here early and we had to have people stay really late and they were hungry and they were tearing down stuff and we had to set up the children's rooms just perfect and make sure the library's great and all the things like, remember how hard that was? And there's going to be some like, yeah, those were good old days, man. That was great. That, was, that really bonded us and we're going to look back with some fond memories as we're thankful for what he's provided for us. And I don't want you to miss that. In fact, that may be the weirdest, most strange recruiting pitch I've ever made to join the load-in team. 
Come suffer with the load-in team so you have a good memory someday of what God did. Like, this is a part of the story, looking back and going, wow, we did that. God was doing that through us, and he provided, he provided, he provided, and now look at what he's done. Man, I, I want us all to be a part of that. I want us all to have experienced this stepping out in faith and seeing God provide. Seeing what's next for us, being in step with his leading, his mission, his advance, and us joining in on that. And so I'm going I'm to ask you to do that. We're going to do something we don't know. Uh, Scott said that if you're new and this is like your first time, this is definitely not what we do every week. But we're asking our people as a kind of in this journey to make a commitment today. Uh, these, these boxes are here to put your card in there, to have your kid put your card in there. Now, let, let me just, let me say this, and this kind of hit me by surprise this week. I, uh, all, all this time we've been talking about this, and we've been planning for this, and we've been praying about this, and one of the thoughts that's come up, somebody told us to the, this, and we've thought about it, it's been kind of interesting to us, but we thought, you know, as we walk through all this, people are going to have a number in their mind, they're going to make a decision, maybe like Scott was talking about. And what you're going to see is God changed some people's minds at the end of the journey. Maybe even on the last day, people will come in and go, yeah, I think I can do this. And then God's going to lead them because it's his mission to do something more. Maybe something that will stretch them more. As we've talked about that, I've thought, well, how do you communicate that? How do you, how do you say, well, I don't know what your number is, but maybe God wants it to be a different number. Like, that's kind of a weird thing to say. Let me just be honest. And as I was studying this week and I was preparing for this week, I was like, oh, I think he's, I think he's talking to me. A couple of weeks ago, we had an early commitment day where we asked some of the leaders that have been in this journey for longer than maybe everybody else to come and make their commitment, kind of start the process and see what God is doing with that. And Tammy and I, we made that our commitment at that early giving night. And this week I was like, I'm not sure that's a step of faith. I, 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 it's somewhat, I'm just not, I think maybe God's leading me to take a bigger step of faith than I thought. That he's wanting to stretch me a little bit more than I was maybe comfortable with. And I, I just felt like as I was preparing this week, I, I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. But God changed my number. I, I talked to Tammy this morning before I came up here. I'm like, I, I feel like this is what, and she's like, yeah, let, let's do that. And so I don't, I don't know what that means for us. All I know is I want you to be obedient to what God's leading you to do. That's, that's it. Um, that's all the ask is for all of us. Here's, here's the opportunity. Here's the need. Would you do it? So I'm going to read a passage, and then we're going to enter into a time of reflection and prayer. And in that time, we're going to ask you to Make your commitment to put your card in one of these boxes in the back, front. There's extra cards there if you need them, pens, all the stuff. If you need to change things or whatever. But I'm going to read this passage out of 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And in this passage is when David had gathered the people and he's gathering the resources they're going to need to build the first temple, Solomon's first temple. And he's challenging the people to give freely and willingly. And he's reminding them that everything is really God's. It's really not how much you want to give is how much you want to keep because it's all his. And he sets an example for them. 
And just so you know, we're not building a temple. If you have the Holy Spirit living in you, if you're a believer and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, you're the temple of God. We're not building a church because we are the church. The people of God are the church. It's not a building. But there's a facility and there's a tie-in to what they were building with that structure, that temple, this passage and, and the call to give and this chance to respond in faith. And I want to read this passage over us as we enter into this time. It's, David said, now then, who will follow my example? And give offerings to the Lord today. Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and captains of the army, and the king's administrative officers, all gave willingly. For the construction of the temple of God, they gave about 188 tons of gold and 375 tons of silver and 675 tons of bronze and 3,750 tons of iron. They also contributed numerous precious stones which were deposited in the treasury of the house of the Lord under the care of Jehiel a descendant of Gershon. The people rejoiced over the offerings for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And King David was filled with joy. Then, then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. And he said, O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord. And this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. At your discretion, people are made great and given strength. O our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. To him be the glory. Our joy to be a part of this, but for his glory, for his name, for his majesty, because of his power, we respond as the people of God to what he's doing among us. He's given us a part to play. And I hope that we'll do that willingly, rejoicing, cheerfully, not out of any kind of com compulsion or guilt or anything, like, willingly, joyfully to be a part of what he's doing. So I'm going to invite you to enter into a time of reflection, a time of prayer, a time of preparing your hearts. And uh, it's just going to be that. Like, as the Lord leads you during this next few minutes, for a few moments, you come and make your commitment and put it in one of these boxes in the back, in the front, doesn't matter which one. Bring your kids to make theirs, whatever it is. Like, as the Lord leads us during this time, let's be obedient to step out on faith to say that we trust you, God, and make these commitments. Let's enter in that time of reflection now.
God, we're so thankful for the truth of who you are and what you're doing and how you're leading us. Um, this is your mission, your kingdom, that you're advancing, you're on the move, and God, you, you invite us into that. You, you let us be a part of that. We, we're so thankful for that. We're humbled by that. We're so excited about that. We, it's, just, it's just amazing that you include us in what you're doing and give us significant parts and roles to play in that. We're thankful for that. And we pray that you would honor our obedience um, as we know that you do, that you, you just help us to trust you more and more as we continue to walk this road and step out in faith. And God, we thank you for what you're doing. May you be the one that's glorified in all of us. You receive all the glory for all of it. And we'll, we'll rejoice. We're, we're part of it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.